Welcome to Heroes of the Hydean Way. This is a live play podcast that explores published adventures set in the Fantasy Flight Games Star Wars RPG line. Currently our story is Friends Like These and it can be found as a standalone module. This is Act 1, Episode 1, and I'm Ben, the GM for this adventure. And I'm Leslie, one of the players for this adventure. I play Kith Ursebeck, the Bothan mechanic, saboteur, furry thing, carrying around a disembodied droid head for company, who's just likes to sabotage things. I'm Chris, I play Mandalorian Commando Matu Ordo. Am I going to wrap this episode? I haven't decided. If you want me to, go to patreon.com slash the hiding way. If you don't want me to, go to patreon.com slash the hiding way. Let your money speak for you. Or comments, things like that. No, no, no. just money. <laughs> <laughs> we are short, so short on credits, people. Uh, hi there, I'm Christine, and I play Captain Nima Ptolemy, the group's commander. Uh, who has been uh, slowly driven insane by music and like an ongoing prank war from her rather childish squad. <laughs> and her duty her is duty personal. Her duty is car mom. Yeah, it's, t- it's really tough being team mom. Dudes, I am TV93. You can call me Amp. My job is sharpshooting and slicing. Are you an angel? Because you make me feel like I'm in Cloud City. <laughs> <laughs> Still better than anything. End of podcast. We're done. We're done. (laughs) (laughs) Still better than Anakin. Don't you hate sand? Anyway, to start off with, I like asking the characters a question. And this episode, I'm going to ask Kith. So, Ralrai has been on this ship with you for about almost two weeks now, as you've been trapped in this tin can going across the entire galaxy. And he's been looking at a lot of ship schematics and a lot of things that the rebel fleet is either wanting to build or has built and is looking to upgrade, things like that. He's also sort of been talking about to anyone who's willing to listen because it sort of seems to be his thing. How have you been dealing with this? Was I supposed to be paying attention? Because I told him about my ship, which is amazing and glorious. I mean, did you see that paint job? Would have worked better if it was like slightly different blue, but it's what we had on hand. Uh, and he had some good ideas about ships and materials, but I kind of stopped paying attention. He has this weird thing he does when he's he's counting <laughs> with the end of one of his lecks where it just kind of twitches to the one side. It was kind of distracting. It, I think it's a nerves thing. And he's doing it so, so often. Intensity just poured off of that guy. man. And as as opposed to his his bro who's just standing there. Well, kind of like Matu, actually. Actually, he was a lot like Matu. Only less mouthy. Hmm. Nima. Nima, can we put in a request? For what? Can we trade out Matu? Trade? Trade him with who? Fortuna. Oh, gosh. Now I'm just going to hear that in Gur tone. You don't (laughs) want to get rid of Matu. He's very handy to have in a fight, and he, he always pulls through. I guess. Just need to work on that door opening thing. To get a quick recap as to what happened in the previous episode and where we currently are, I want to get a quick recap from TV93. You can call me Amp. Dudes, check it out. We got back to the ship, and like Matu's there, and I'm like, 
loading my drums on up and I've got these Ugnaughts and stuff. And he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah. And we got on and we're like totally bunk mates now. And the best thing is I got my stash on board and Captain Nima doesn't even know. She doesn't suspect a thing. Anyway. Wait, this thing's not on, is it? Anyway, so then we uh, flew somewhere and it was like a really boring trip, but we played some music and stuff and that was pretty good. And then we got to where we're going and then all of a sudden they got off the ship and I was asleep because, you know, stash. And then um, all of a sudden there's, there's all this noise on the comm and like there's some sort of alert or something and it, like they're all worked up about it. So we've learned TV's secret. He's on drugs. <laughs> Among other things. <laughs> it explains so much. Almost does. Almost does. Okay, so when we left left our intrepid crew, they were on the Vanishing Points Bridge with the windows tinted out so no one could see in and had just received a transmission from Alliance High Command. Raimi, start calculating a course to Zorn. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We're just going to go? You heard our orders. Why us? There's only four of us on this ship. We are supposed to establish a forward operating base. Those are our orders. I imagine we're going to get more information once we're a there. Forward up. We don't have time to argue. 65 hours, Matu. 65. Don't worry, dude. You got me. You said it. Nima is going to step down the ramp while Raimi is figuring out the calculations. Uh, are are Rawl and uh, Prim still within like earshot? Yes, yes they are. They're standing fairly relaxed next to the turbo lift. Okay. Nima's going to catch up to him. She runs up. She's going to ask, Would you mind if I grabbed uh, Rawl here for just one moment, Mr. Prim? Uh, it won't take longer than that. Why? I, I say right out. Yes, yes. By all means. Once we you know, step a few feet away, she's going to say, We've received new orders and we're going to have to depart immediately. Our exact instructions were to leave you and Trooper Fortuna here. Because that's what the big bantha and the writer comments were about, right, Ben? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's what I figured. Player to GM, yes. Yeah, thank you. Just making sure before I say something you didn't intend. <laughs> Are you two going to be okay here? Well, yes, it's quite okay for us to be uh, left here. This Prim, he's got his contacts set up. The transport situation is imminent if that mine calamari was supposed to be keeping his word. And last time they were out this way, things got a little hot. But eh, me and little Fortuna over here, we should be okay, at least for right now. I'll call in for backup if you need anything. We're going to be less than a day away. Uh, if something does come up, although I'm not sure how quickly we'll be able to get back here. So only call if it is an emergency. Well, it sounds like you have an emergency of your own. Go, deal with it. I shall take care of this. Who knows, maybe by the end of this, it will all be done. And you can come back and give me a lift back to the Shadow Raptor or the fleet. I hope so. Well, good luck and may the force be with you. Thank you. And Nima will run back to the ship. <laughs> As you're running in, Raimi sort of tied into the sensors. As your second foot steps onto the ramp, it starts coming back up. 
on one of the terminals in the cockpit, there's this message that came along with the transmission. Agents, aligned sympathizers on Zorn desperately need your immediate assistance. Attached is an IFF transponder frequency to broadcast when you arrive. Meet with Kekik Kursa of the clan assembly and a brief you in full on station. Report to Zorn with all possible speed. You are their only hope. Raimi, Raimi, do you have a file of what Zorn looks like? Why do we care what it looks That's like? We need to LT, get data on the planet. Please. Captain. Whatever. <laughs> this is the exact opposite of Dead in the Water. TV is just I sitting know. there. His head's <laughs> going back and forth between him with his oversized sunglasses on. Raimi, do you have a picture or not? I'm going to flip a light side. He totally got one. <laughs> okay. That is one way of doing this, Ian. Uh, it comes up, and it is this rust-colored world speckled with muddy orange clouds and this very black splotches on it. By the force. Dude. Yes, it's a lovely picture. Not providing us with a lot of intel. All right, listen to me. Ugh. Everyone, gather around. Is Uncle Matu going to tell us a story? As Matu's gathering everyone around, Raimi's plugged into the scomplink and the ship itself is starting to raise up into the atmosphere and head for space. Yeah, Remy, take us on the hyperspace as soon as you can. And Nima will follow back because we still have 12 hours before arrival and Matus seems pretty agitated about something. I'm not sure how you're going to take this, but there's only one way for me to prove it beyond a complete and reasonable doubt. Dun, he unstraps his vibroblade, scabbard and all, holds it with two hands in front of himself, takes a deep breath, releases the vibroblade, but it floats about an inch away from his palms. And he holds it there for about ten seconds before he grasps it again. Nima frowns, and then the frown turns into a glare. Matu, did you bring us back here to look at a magic trick? I seem to be force-sensitive. I... Literally don't know what that means. You know, Jedi? Yes, it means yes. He brought us back to look at a magic trick. No, you need to listen to me right now. The Jedi are a myth. They don't know? No, they don't know. I never told them. They didn't ask. Yeah, that's... (laughs) Listen, I have a connection with the Force, like the Jedi did. And I have been seeing the future. The Force is just an old religion. It's just snippets of the alliance. It's not. When you were on the deck of the Shadow Raptor, I saw TJ-11 take you hostage before it happened. That's why- Yeah, you were outside of the ship. That's why I leapt. I saw it before it happened. How did you think I knew it was going to work? I didn't think you did. And then, when I was out on the Shadow Raptor, I saw this planet. Okay. So, you're not known for pulling elaborate pranks or lying, so let's assume for a second you are in fact a fortune teller. What did you see about this planet? We are about to enter the hottest, most difficult, most oppressive fight of our lives. That's it? Not my life, really. Listen, I saw large material walkers, clone troopers... Battle droids, uh, TV... Clone troopers? Yes! Well, they were dead, but... And... What? 
Matu, you're not making any Look, sense. Look, Master Plo Kloon told me that- Who? The Jedi Master I talked to during the vision, he explained that what was coming up was the result of a lot of choices what? that haven't been made yet, and if we don't- TV checks his stash to make sure it's all still there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I'm- I'm- I'm getting more confused by the second, Matu. Look, I have been trying to see the future the entire way here. All I can see is up to the point where we enter this planet- one of those pits on the planet surface, that those dark spots right there, I can see that far. And then I've seen impressions of other things, of you leading the battle of us gathered together with a very strange arrangement of, of individuals. There was a slaver and some Mandalorians. And then, like I said, a, a TV was unifying a group of battle droids. I see the future. It's you yelling at each other forever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what about the kid here? Um, don't really remember what you were doing. It, it's not. It's not like it's. It, it's a play-by-play. It, it's more of an impression. Uh, okay, great. So we know that this is going to be hard. Yes, but I need you to take this seriously. What are we supposed to do with this? Even if you can see the future, even if you are force sensitive, which I'm not going to say you're not. I'm just going to say. Whatever. What do you want us to do with this? You don't believe me. Neither of you believe me. Neither of us have any call to believe in something that possibly doesn't The droid exist. believes me. Oh, dude, I'm so in. Well, he also <laughs> fought back in the Clone War. I was going to say he's also stoned out of his gourd. He's probably the, the most aware of anything that actually happened back then of any of us. It was wild. All I know about the Jedi is that they wielded antique swords no offense they believed in the force to be fair the swords were really and cool. they were terrorists they tried to take down well what was the republic at the time making it gets messy you you so I, I don't understand how you are one I don't understand it either i thought you believed in mandalorian traditions look i didn't ask for this to happen it just did how does that just happen i don't know he stood there with a weird look on his face okay um all right. You know what? I don't have. Uh, we don't have time to give you a proper medical checkup. So, what we're gonna do is we're gonna continue gathering intel the old-fashioned way. Just if you get any of these impressions or feelings or however you know read tea leaves. I don't know how it works. Just let us know, and uh, we'll take it into consideration with the rest of the picture we see. He gets real close to you. Hot. Ija Hait, and then walks off. Does Nima know what that means? <laughs> you might. It's, it just means truth, honor, vision. And it's usually something like when you seal a pack. Okay, so basically he agreed, but he's not happy about it. I think he's double entendreing it because he's telling the truth. You've insulted his honor, and he has force vision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't need this today. I'm going to go be in my office. Chikana does a little wave and just leaves. Bring up any files that you can find on Zorn. Yep, I'll ask TJ. TV's sitting there in his chair with his feet up, and he kind of pulls down his sunglasses and looks at Nemo and says, You're doing a great job with the crew, Cap. (laughs) Thanks, I appreciate that. I don't suppose you care to set the record straight on what the Jedi were, do you? What the Jedi were? Well, I know you fought against them. Do I have any uh, memories unlocked 
in that area? Or are they still in the encrypted damaged files I'm working through? No, I'd figure that you'd have some memory. Like, some of it's more just sort of impressions, some of it's sort of tactical data, but it's, yeah, you do have some info to it. Okay, and TV would kind of sit up and uh, take off his, his big sunglasses so that you don't appear red in one eye and blue in the other. And he says, when the Jedi came at us on the battlefield, they were what our programming told us to consider a force multiplier. We could take out 100 clones, 500 clones, 1,000 clones. But if they were led by a Jedi, or worse, a Jedi and his Padawan, we would generally retreat. How big a force multiplier? Exponential. A force led by a Jedi was virtually unstoppable. Why? Were they just great leaders? They were beyond leaders. They were a battle force amongst themselves. They were virtually indestructible. They were brilliant tacticians. And their laser swords were almost unstoppable. But that wasn't the worst part. The worst part was the loyalty of their clones. A clone led by a Jedi would die for that Jedi. And then he kind of leans back and says, But we got you, so we're good. <laughs> Thanks. And you actually believe Matu is one? Ha, ha, ha. A Jedi? No. But if he is even just a little bit of a Jedi... It's something you might want to consider. Or at least keep him speaking to you, you know. And Nima will head into the cockpit with, uh, with Remy. Screen wipe. Screen wipe to Kith uh, checking in on Matt. Alright, so she would have gone towards her quote-unquote office, which is just she has a room that is hers that is full of crap that nobody else really wants to be in because it's a little oppressive and TJ stares at you and makes snide comments. Because, you know, why not? But she'll bypass her room and, and kind of go look for Matu first in his room and then in whatever common area we might have somewhere else in case he's somewhere. So wherever she would find him. Well, he's probably um, in the, the room. There's not much room left given the number of musical instruments now played in there. So he's sitting at the drum set. He's not playing it, but... There's nowhere else to sit, so he's sitting at the drum set in a meditative pose. Hello, Kef. So, this is going to be a big deal, you said. Way bigger than the Shadow Raptor. Well, I figured I should check your equipment, just to be sure everything's okay. The equipment's fine, Kef. Everything's in tip-top shape. Well, I'm kind of the equipment manager because you guys have me fix everything, so I thought I would check, and... I thought I would check on you. Look, if you don't want to believe what I saw, fine. Then at least do me the favor and take this as the most serious mission you've ever encountered in your life. Because it might be the only way we survive it. Uh, okay, here's the thing. I did not mean to... I just... I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry. I just... This is weird, and it's scary, and it's new, and it's different, and I don't know what... I'm doing here. And now you're telling me that there's going to be droid armies? That's what I saw. Look, be afraid. The fear will sharpen you. But if you're not going to take into account anything I say, because you're wondering in the back of your head, is this just one of Matu's strange visions? You might pay for it with your life. Well, as, as of this moment, you've only had the one that I know of. So it's not like a... 
a habit that you've built up in my experience with you. I just wanted to say I was sorry, and I wanted to see if there was... I don't know. I'll take it seriously, though. I'll try. Bye. She kind of flaps her way out awkwardly. (laughs) Force. The force is a thing. Of course the force is a thing. Because why not? This is... This is a war you're in. What else would it be? She heads back to her room to talk to TJ because she knows what he'll say. Think about that point. TV walks into the room and plops down on his bunk and says, Hey, Bunky. Did you know they were going to react like that? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And see. So during the the 12 hour ride in hyperspace, Nima is going to try to get her hands on it, any information about Zorn she can, try to familiarize herself with it. Otherwise, she is going to unless she sought out kind of isolate herself from the crew thinking over what Matu said about the mission, the strangeness of the, you know, the sudden orders and she's running all of that through her head thinking about each of her squad mates in turn and the what happens if this actually is as difficult as Matt who is making it out to be because uh when we arrive she's gonna have a few words to say in that case it's either going to be a knowledge outer rim check or a knowledge warfare check warfare please it's going to be one red two purple and a setback ouch well i'm not gonna know much about here i am gonna light set it back because Nima may only have two intellect, but she's got two ranks in knowledge warfare. Uh, get her a green. Although, is uh, Raimi able to assist me since I am kind of hiding out up there with him? I love that that's your hiding place, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why this that seems to be what she does when she's feeling kind of overwhelmed. She retreats and she like huddles up with Raimi in the cockpit of whatever ship we're on. Raimi doesn't really have anything. He'd just offer a boost. I think he's smarter than me. I somehow doubt that. Oh, he doesn't have an intellect of three? He's got an intellect of two. He's just got three ranks in astrogation. Okay. So yeah, so he is is not any smarter than Nima. Okay. We end up with a green, two yellow, a blue versus two purple, a red, and a black. And I netted two successes... Two threat, and a triumph. I'm really not quite sure on what to do with this threat, if you have any ideas on that. So, one of the things I was going to do on the triumph side is, as we're getting information here, maybe be able to add something to, to the compound itself, or whatever we end up needing to defend, like maybe some kind of old piece of Clone War tech or something like that. Depends what you, I kind of get off the successes to play with. And likewise, with the two threat, you might be able to take away some little thing or make something harder or maybe broken so Kith needs to fix it. Something like that. Oh. No, lean into the drama. The threat is that you think Matu's way over blowing this. <laughs> You're doing a knowledge warfare check on Zorn, seeing what you can get from that. And you've got two successes and, and a crime. Rainy knew nothing. <laughs> yeah, Rainy knew absolutely nothing. Since you're doing this through knowledge warfare, you know that at one point, or actually at two points in the Clone Wars, this became a hotbed of Republican separatist fighting. There has been definite large-scale warfare here. The Geonosians had warrens of droid foundries on this planet. And 
if someone's actually been able to reactivate one, it would be... The droid foundries are amazing on their own. Like, they just stamp out armies. Give them a day and you have an army. Give them a year and you can overwhelm almost anything. But the only thing that kept the Separatists in the war, really, was just the volume of droids they were able to put out. Mm -hmm. And this was one of those planets. And it's relatively close to Geonosis. Oh. In the grand scheme of things. This might have been their backup planet for manufacturing. From what you can tell from your base successes, even if one of the foundries is up and running, this would be an amazing manufacturing point for the Alliance. And I'm not aware whether that is the case or not at this point. You've got no idea as to whether it is, and it seems dubious. Okay, I'm just going to read off this one thing for the Triumph, and I think it kind of works. Since its discovery by the Republic near the outset of the Clone Wars, Zorn has been subject to numerous attacks. After a few failed attempts at an atmospheric insertion on other Geonosian worlds, the Republic decided Zorn was not worth further losses. Now, the Republic had the sector fleet launch a sustained orbital bombardment on the facilities. Dozens of Trade Federation core ships picking up droid shipments were caught in the attack. Their gutted hulls littered the ground on Zorn. In your research, you're able to find some snippets of the bombardment of Zorn. You've got a small hollow recording, it's like five seconds long, of these acclimator cruisers just firing volley after volley at the surface of Zorn. How would any droid foundry still be standing after all that? And you know, I think that's a great place to leave the two threat. Okay. Dropping out of hyperspace. A rust-colored world, speckled by muddy orange clouds, fills the viewport, cutting across your approach vector. The faint black specks of a debris field resolve into a conglomeration of asteroids and starship wreckage as you draw closer. A massive bulk hauler rests anchored to the skeletal remains of a cruiser likely conducting salvage. It's at this point where you're just sort of looking at this dull, brown, and darkened planet. And yeah, there's this huge, giant debris field. Raimi, do you detect any settlements on the surface? To which he tweedles out, no, he does not. Bring us in closer, and uh, make sure you're broadcasting that uh, identification code we were given. Within moments of him turning it on, and sitting on the sublight engines heading in towards the planet, you get this call over the comms. Alliance ship, we read you. Now turn that blaster thing off, get down onto the planet, and we'll have landing shaft dash ready for you. We're waiting on you. And with that uh, displayed on screen, there's a set of coordinates. Raimi, take us in. This is one of those few times where I'm going to make a very basic piloting check. From our friendly neighborhood droid? Yeah. On account of, there's a lot of debris. Like, there's a serious amount of debris around there. And yeah, there's this other ship that's in orbit that you're not quite sure about. And looks like it's doing something to this cruiser. And also, if anyone's wanting to sort of look around and see if there's something out there. Did um, Nima bother to make an announcement about anything? That's what I was getting ready to do before he called for the piloting check. Oh, okay. Uh, so, so Nima would be doing that as we're flying into the debris field. Welcome to the Zorn system. We have coordinates. We're flying in now. Everyone, uh, come on on up to the cockpit once you've got your gear ready. You are now free to move about the foundry. <laughs> <laughs> Matu will arrive fully geared. And uh, Nima doesn't say anything to him at first. 
she just uh, waits for Kith and TV to come up while Raimi's starting to <laughs> kind of bob and weave and maneuver us through the debris field. I'm going to go with that this is a... Actually, there's a lot of stuff out there. There is this cruiser. There's this freighter that seems to be trying to pick stuff off of this cruiser or something. I'm thinking that Raimi's going to be trying to like bob and weave and trying to keep some of this debris between you guys and this freighter that's out there. And I'm thinking in doing all that, it's a fairly fast ship, though I'm assuming you're not wanting to go in, like, blazing. No. <laughs> no, let's not make this any harder than it has to be. Okay, then I'm going to go with the two red check and a setback because of the amount of stuff in orbit. Okay. Well, Raimi will ignore that setback. Yeah, Raimi. Ignore those setbacks. Since I think we're going to be coming up on the end of an episode soon anyway, and uh, Raimi wants to be cool, I'm going to light side it. <laughs> For, actually, does the vanishing point have positive or negative handling? One negative. Okay. Raimi, I believe, I'm going to double check here, ignores that too. He ignores that too, because he's a very skilled jockey. So we're looking at four yellow versus two red. Oh, Raimi is just a beautiful pilot. Three successes, two advantages, and a triumph. This is a smooth ride. So, yeah, he's bouncing around, dodging almost to the point of, say, Han Solo going through an asteroid field. Like, he's sort of bobbing, weaving, getting around asteroids, using some of them for slingshotting around. Some of it's a little bit of showboaty. And, yeah, with the triumph, I'm sort of figuring he's able to obscure your guys' approach into the planet. Now, the question I do have is anyone wanting to take a look at said debris field? Well, that would be Kit's main interest, um, and I'm going to say she would have arrived shortly after Matu. Not really ready yet. Like, she she heard the thing and she wanted to, you know, come talk, so she's got a thing that she's working on in her hand and she's got one of her tools, and so she's... I'm not looking. I've already seen it. He's standing there looking tragic is what he's doing. <laughs> Unless, do you have your helmet? Yeah. I'm not, he's got his helmet yeah. on. I don't think he know. I don't think anyone. Yeah, we'll knows just what make our own like assumptions right about his expression. But she she walks in, you know, with a thing in her hand, and is looking around like, wow. The thing that is going to draw everyone's eyes, like what's going on with this bulk freighter and this cruiser that's there. Okay, Kith is doing something. Is Amp or Nima doing anything? Uh, Nima is very internal right now because she's looking out the cockpit window without really looking out the cockpit window. Okay, I can deal with that. TV shows up and he's wearing a gray hoodie, kind of a sweatshirt with the hood up. He's got his sunglasses on. He's got his gun sort of dragging on the floor. Uh, yes, his heavy blaster rifle. I want to make one thing clear before we touch down. The Alliance has always been a volunteer outfit. I can't say for sure how dangerous this mission is going to be, but I know we've been given some suggestion, she looks over at Matt too, that this is going to be a tough one. Nobody has to come along for this that doesn't want to. Well, we're here. I mean, Gith kind of shrugged. Matu does not move. Good speech, Cap. Little golf clap. <laughs> 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 the thing that I'm wanting to do is get a mechanics check from Kith as you're looking at the giant wreck. I'm wanting to get... Oh, look. Since you are somewhat distracted, it is going to be a one red, one purple, three setback <laughs> mechanics check. 
I note that you did three set back again. That's because you're slightly extra distracted on top of what mm-hmm. the uh, thing actually says. All right, and you said just mechanics? Yeah, just mechanics. Or if you're feeling up to it, try for a piloting space check. Same difficulty. Yeah, heck no. We're going mechanics, man. <laughs> okay. One setback because I have two gearheadedness, which does take the two blacks off general blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Which is why, dear listeners, I made a snide comment about it being... Three setbacks. So one <laughs> of each bad die and versus three yellow. <laughs> wow. Well, the setback didn't show up, but my three yellow no. <laughs> showed up only as some advantage. So that's two fail, two advantage. The thing that you can see with this, you're not quite sure where it's attached to, but you also see this really long arm that's going between the bulk freighter and the cruiser. It's weird because, well, okay, maybe a salvaging ship would have something like this, giving just this giant reach to the ship, but it seems weird. Or it's at least something that draws your eye. Also, it's really cool. So she's going to kind of make a mental note to maybe talk to people who might know how to get her one of those. (laughs) While she's busy examining the debris field, TV kind of goes up to Matu and... His eyes flash a little bit, and he points at his little hood and says, Look, I'm a Jedi. Right. You know, I thought this could help us bond a little bit, you know. I mean, it's better camouflage than the floral print, I'll give you that. He unzips it and shows you his uh, Splattercon 75 t-shirt that has, like, this fake blood written all over it, and it says Splattercon 75 and Hatties. You went to a place called Splattercon? It's a festival. Sally loves it. He winks. Sally. He lips back. He zips up his shirt. Come on, Jedi. Work to do. Slaps you on the shoulder. Right. Okay. And with Nima being so down in the doldrums, <laughs> I do want to get a hard knowledge warfare check off of you. As you're sort of just staring out the window as Raimi's flying past, dodging around these bits and pieces, like there goes a bit of an arc 170. Okay. Well, it starts off as a hard knowledge warfare check. I'm going to give... You were saying that you were somewhat distracted. Yeah. I very obviously should be using a dark destiny point because you are so distracted, but I also figure I should be tossing in a setback because of this. Like, you're, so, like you're looking out, but you're not 100% seeing. So. No, not, not at all. Like, Nima didn't even crack a smile at the interaction behind her. Right now, she's thinking about... But a lot of stuff. She's thinking about her different relationships with her with her squad, as unusual as they can be. It bothers her that she doesn't trust Matu completely because they've been through a lot together. There's no doubt in her mind she wouldn't be alive without him, and yet it's not so easy for her to just blindly trust that he has magic powers. And she's thinking a lot about, well, war. <laughs> if this is going to be as bad as Matu predicts, people may not come out of this, and she doesn't want any one of these people with her, droid, human, or Bothan alike, to uh, to get hurt, to not come out of the other end of this. And also, she doesn't really care if she doesn't. So I am on a light side because she's kind of dwelling on all this, and even if she's not so concerned for herself, she would be looking at options in order to keep other people alive. 
What you're describing there says to me that you should get a boost die as well. Okay. That you're looking for things. You're looking for, like, sometimes it's you're actually just sort of looking at a desk, seeing what you can find on it. And sometimes it's you're almost not seeing the desk for what's there, but every now and then you're looking exactly at the desk, and that's a horrible metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so after that light side, dark side expenditure, we're left with a green, two yellow, a boost, two purple, a red, and a black. (laughs) And we end up with just one failure. Wow. On the other hand, there is a huge amount of uh, cancellation. There's a lot of cancellation. The the light side did not show up. The the force, destiny, whatever, did not assist her. That setback from being distracted did not impact things. While the, uh, the boost for... Her looking for those possibilities to protect these people came through uh, actually quite a lot, even if she did fail. So, yeah, you're kind of looking out. You're not really... You're getting a little bit more centered onto where you are, but you're not really seeing anything that's out there. It's at this point where Raimi starts screaming down into the uh, atmosphere. Like, I'm sort of figuring that Nima's there with her hands on the yoke. Just sort of almost out of reflex since she's sitting in the cockpit. Mm-hmm. The control yoke is sluggish in your hands and you navigate the sickly orange clouds. You break through and approach the surface, noticing a few dozen spherical shipwrecks rusting into the sand. Several deep shafts pock the surface and one of them is flashing green lights. This must be landing shaft Besh. Raimi flies up over this hole in the ground. Like, this is a hole eh, absolutely this ship is going to fit. You figure something maybe a little bit bigger would be able to fit as well, but it's going to be a really tight bit of flying. Like, that would be tricky flying. This, not so much. So, yeah, Remy flicks on the repulsor lifts and slowly drops down into this landing shaft. And as you're going down and down, you can see, like, gantries going off to the sides, and, like, strung cables going around. You can see a spiraling staircase going up. As you sink deeper and deeper, the light from above starts to fade, but then you start seeing this orange glow below you. The sky sort of darkens. As you set down, there's actually a bit of a glow up from a magma source. Hmm. Magma? Like... Not lava magma? It's a pool. Okay. Don't worry, just don't fall into it. I hear bad things happen if you... Yeah, ask Gollum. You know, maybe have an epic lightsaber duel and happen to land right on the mouth of a lava pit. <laughs> As you land, you can see a group standing away so that, well, you're not going to crush them. You can see them standing at the doorway to this large warehouse. You've got the nice thump as the... Landing gear sort of compress a little, and Raimi signals that you guys have set down. Okay. I make the move to step out first, but before I do, I turn to Nima and I say, Mandela draw Digu, Captain, and then steps off, which is probably a phrase she knows, a Mandalorian never forgets. And then he steps off the platform to secure the area visually. Blaster rifle in hand. Nima will follow after him, but she's figuring out you know, that the damage has been done. At least at the moment, I can't see her trying to make amends or apologize or anything of that nature because 
she feels what she feels. She's pissed him off. Uh, and, uh, you know what? That's the way things are going to be. As long as he does his job, that's what matters right now. TV kind of walks up past Nima and just says, as he kind of walks by, you could really give me some tips on demoralization. Pats her on the shoulder. Shut up, TV. He turns around and says, good one. Gives you the double finger guns. Uh, Nima resists the edge to shove TV off the ramp. Um, <laughs> and uh, we'll go ahead and continue on down. But she is in no, no mood for him right now. Amp, help me get a threat assessment up here. Got it, dude. The young man steps forward, offering his hand. Thank you all for coming. We're grateful you were able to arrive so quickly. I'm Cal Corsa, cacique of the clan assembly here on Kuzorn. He indicates a woman behind him. This angry rancor behind me is Patrician of the Harden family and our chief engineer, Lyra Harden. Harden then smirks as if his comment were proof she won the argument. Behind her are Patrician Viola Sargon and security chief Bellows. Welcome to Foundry 4. If you'll follow me, and he turns and starts into the uh, warehouse. Races, by any chance, or species? All human. All human. Oh. And then off in the background is this, shall we say, somewhat grumpy and fairly white-haired old man. The guy looks somewhat, shall we say, Maori in looks. Or like an old clone trooper. Ah. Cal Corsa is wending his way through the, like, off of the landing pad and over through some of the warehouse that's there and then leading you through in a very somewhat straight fashion. Well, what do we see? This is a large warehouse that has a lot of storage. It looks like it's about quarter full and you can see starship parts along one of the walls. Uh, you can see turbo laser barrels. You can see a bunch of ship refit parts. You can see in another section a few weapons. Like It's looking like this is where they store stuff before the chipped off planet. If we're honest, we'll probably have to be keeping an eye on Kith to make sure she doesn't go touch things. You know, basically post-it note mine <laughs> as she goes along. She okay, here's the here's the big question. Is somebody other than Grumpy Nima going to do that? <laughs> so Nima will totally yell at people at this point. I'm totally establishing a defense parameter with Matu. <laughs> You've got this young, like this guy looks pretty young. If he's breaking 30, you'd be surprised. Fresh face, maybe not quite Hastings' fresh face, but he looks young to be a leader. <laughs> and the one they pointed out to as Liara Hardin looks at probably double his age and have just restained. Like, Kith would have the immediate sort of glom onto her as this is an engineer. This is someone who is working with their hands all the time. Uh, I'm going to talk to the clone. Sukuiga Nevad! Mandalorian. So, you're still alive, my brother. Yes, I am. The wars didn't get all of us, and Liara here helped me through a very tough time. Look, between you and me, it doesn't look like there's an impending danger here. We were told to make a forward operating base. I haven't seen any enemies on the in-flight. They didn't tell you everything. I'd rather wait till we're in the assembly room. Not everyone around here knows. These people have not given everyone a full, clear picture of what's going on yet. They want to see what the Rebellion would bring in. At least tell me that you're in charge of defenses, not these aristocrats. To which he just sort of tilting his head to you, looking up and just shaking his head. You see a Kuzo come up to him, the giant head shield thing. 
reaches over. You can barely hear what's being said. He goes, yes, yeah, Silvio, you take care of it and get those guys locked down. If you have questions, talk to those two. They're the ones who are actually in charge. They tell us to defend. They tell us where to defend. They tell us how to defend. We defend. Ha! First Bail Organa, then Mon Mothma. This alliance is going to fall apart because all the diplomats want to play general. There could be a reason why they asked for better help. I was part of a squad. This requires planning for an army. Huh. We'll see. <laughs> they sent the leader of the shock squad, Saviors of the Shadow Raptor. We're something kind of awesome, <laughs> we hope. Right, that wasn't just a fluke uh, before. <laughs> With Captain Cop, the um, musical Mando, whatever TV is at this point, and recalcitrant teenage mechanic, whatever Kit is at this point. You can call me Amp. <laughs> oh, they're all gonna die. No, no, it's gonna be great. We're gonna live and tell stories and drink yep, blue milk. All these people are gonna die. Uh, when Kith does start wandering off to look at the parts and stuff, Niema is just gonna snap at her. Ursabek, back in formation. Oh, what? Oh. Oh. Okay, there were two women with us. There was, um, Hardin and Sargain. Um, where were they kind of in our marching order? Were they, like, towards the lead? Or was that, um, was that Corso? Cal Corsa and Liara Hardin are the two up front. Viola and Bellows are towards the back. Viola is sort of trailing behind everyone. And currently is just sort of grinning at the way everything's okay. going. Nima will quicken her stride and march towards the front to put some distance between her and Matu for the moment. So she'll come up alongside uh, Corso and Hardin, and uh, she'll go ahead and ask, How long have you all been here? I haven't heard anything about an operation on Zorn before, but there seems to be quite a few of you here. And with that, Lyra turns to you, still walking at a reasonable pace. And like, I helped get this place running alongside Jan's Corsa some years back. Now that man was as stubborn as a bantha, same as his grandson here, but at least he knew how to run things, how the galaxy worked. How long ago was that? About six years. Okay. And with that, the young guy turns over his shoulder like, who's walking a little bit ahead, twisting his head back, showing off that he's pretty much memorized his way through this warehouse that they're still going through, and then starting to go up this ramp up. Yeah, yeah, we've been here a bit longer than six years, but eh, how long has it been since my grandfather passed on? His name was Jans Corsa. You may have heard of him. The Phantom of Gaul? They made a hull of it. Yeah, did that make it to the Core Worlds? Like, like a, a Hollywood-style holovid? Yeah, like this now sort of older, but yeah, no, it did make it to the core worlds where anyone who was sort of wanting to could have seen it. It would have been sort of like a small wartime thing of resisting. Resisting the Empire? Uh, no, of resisting... Actually, the thing that would have been shown is a clone troopers trying to hunt down the Phantom of Gaul. On Gaul, he was a CIS resistance person that was uh, doing hit and run on the Republic. What is your connection to the Rebel Alliance? We do some work for the Rebels. We do a bit of work for pirates. We do a bit of work for, well, anyone that's willing to pay. We're out here. We're just trying to make a bit of money. What kind of work is that? Droids? Ship parts? Foundry for you. 
is mostly making Starship components and armament to order. We'll even install it in our orbital shipyard. You see the yard in on the way? You shouldn't have. We went through a lot of trouble to hide it. Anyway, we've refitted ships for huts, pirates, rebels, you name it. With the Empire none the wiser. Until now. So it seems. What do you know about what's coming here? That will have to wait until we're in the assembly room. Very well. That has to wait until the great cacique Cal Corsa of Gaul decides everyone is allowed to know. I swear, if this boy were any more wet behind the ears, we'd be calling him Mon Cal Corsa. Blasted kid doesn't know what he's doing. He's going to get us all killed if he keeps increasing traffic around here. Especially you rebel types. Your kind has a habit of attracting the Empire. Well, Kashyyyk Corso here better decide quickly, because from what I hear, we have uh, around two days to make any plans we're going to make. Yo, right on that. Thank you for listening in on this episode of Heroes of the Hydean Way. You can find show updates on Twitter at The Hydean Way, and you can find me, Ben, on Twitter at Deuterium Ice. And you can find me, Christine, on Twitter at Twelfth Night. That's 12th night with a K. The Human That Plays TV93, you can call me Amp, is played by Brent. You can find him at iBrentBrown, also Mandalorian Accompaniment. Uh, and if you check out Leslet GS, you can find Leslie and Kiff, who will be marketing in the very near future, special earmuffs, <laughs> specially designed to tune out Mando <laughs> accompaniment to those look marvelous on you. <laughs> music. Hey man, mm-hmm. if you need to like chill out after this episode, you could try episode of Silhouette Zero. It's pretty chill. You just go to, like, com. That's, like, S-I-L-Z-E-R-O. Because, like, you know, it's kind of a weird word, you know. That's weird. I don't even... True. But we're all at com, where you can find previous episodes and our sister podcast, Tales from the Heidian Way. Our podcasts are on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, where you can find more episodes. And while you're there, help us out by rating and reviewing the show. You can find us on Facebook as Heroes of the Hydean Way. And uh, drop us a holocom to heroes at com. I know, um, know Nima could, uh, could do with a couple like letters of encouragement, you know, maybe to tell her to chill out and, you know, maybe listen to her buddy Matu. <laughs> He's right about a lot of things. Or drugs. <laughs> And if you want to help out the show financially and are able to, we'd be grateful if you took a look at patreon.com slash the Hydean way, where you can help us out replacing some of the equipment that we edit on.